0: everybody. Welcome to the very first installment of Bestow Curse's series of episodes introducing the people behind the microphones. My name is Steve, and though you'll get to know me more in a later installment, I'm here today to help guide the conversation as you get to meet the man in the GM chair of this adventure. He's got an extensive pedigree of TTRPG experience on both sides of the GM screen and considerable podcasting experience as well. Welcome to Bestow Curse, Griffin Norman. Thanks. Thanks for that that intro. You really made me sound great. I mean, I gotta make a great man sound great. You know what it is. You flatter me. I'm blushing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, pleasure to be chatting with you tonight, Griffin. For those who do not know who you are, I'm just going to pepper you with a couple questions so the listeners at home can get a good understanding of who's going to be running this campaign. We're going to talk about a bunch of really cool stuff like what is Hideous Laughter Productions? That's a name some of you might have heard before. We're going to talk about what Bestow Curse is, the theme behind the campaign, all of the cool details that I'm hoping are really going to sell some folks on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's. So let's start easy. Griff,
1: where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia, actually, and mm-hmm. I now live in Columbus with all of you lovely people, the people that are on the podcast who you'll meet in a little bit, but... Yeah, transplant of sorts to the Midwest. Still
0: enjoy living over here. And and what brought you here? Work. Yeah, <laughs> I think work <laughs> brought a lot of us over here, actually. What profession are you in?
1: Well, I'm mainly a finance guy by trade and by education. I do a lot of corporate finance stuff, but lately I've been doing some of the planning side of the business, so I do a lot of the plans for... Uh, stores and product that goes into stores and that kind of thing. I work for a large retailer, so I deal with numbers all, all day, every day, do a lot of number crunching, a lot of Excel work, that kind of stuff, some coding.
0: So obviously my hobbies don't, don't <laughs> fall too far from the tree. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be a repeating pattern that the folks listening at home are going to hear that each of us on the show Does not have, you know, a TTRPG career or our professional voice actors or our improv comedians or all of the things that would be conducive normally for a show like this. We've just been doing this a while and really love it. And I think we've kind of grown our own brand and image and personalities into this. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, don't sell us short. We have been podcasting (laughs) for almost three years. This is true. I think we kind of get how it works, even if we're not
0: actors. And that's, that's We're all I'm there. saying. We're getting there. We're getting there. We found our own way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when you are not at work, when you are not playing TTRPGs with the rest of us, what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? What makes you, you? Well,
1: for almost the past year now, I set up a home gym. I'm really interested in weightlifting, uh, kind of powerlifting. But I also am really interested in Smoking meat. I think uh, that's one of the big things that everybody comes together at my house for is that I often will, you know, smoke a brisket or something, feed everybody, Mm -hmm. and then we'll play said TTRPGs. I really enjoy video games, although I don't play them as often now as I used to. But I've gotten into 3D printing, dice making, a lot of things that are... (laughs) tangential to the hobby that aren't exactly the hobby, but like mini painting, basically anything that touches TTRPGs is also spun off as another hobby of mine, which kind of brings it all
0: together at the table, which has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And and speaking about the table, oh, you know what? The actual physical table, you built the gaming yeah, table. Yeah, I dabble in woodworking, yeah.
1: <laughs> the table that we're recording at and uh, that we play at and that has cup holders and outlets.
0: <laughs> yeah. However gently essential. installed is is a creation of my own. Yeah. So everything around playing TTRPGs has become all of our hobbies. Um, so TTRPGs very central to not only our podcast and, and who we are, but our little little family here in Columbus of friends that are all kind of transplants. So we've got a lot of shared gaming experience, but how about you walk me through some of your gaming experience? Um, what systems, GM versus player, just all the the cool stuff that people should know about you? Sure. yeah, i I started gaming
1: with video games as a kid playing a lot of jrpgs the entire pokemon series that kind of thing really have predominantly been interested in rpgs in terms of video games but in high school i dabbled in D &D 3.5 my buddy ran us through a short campaign in that where i played a cleric uh he was you know, we did we did the standard tropey first party thing where we thought we could do anything. We rolled for anything. Our DM got frustrated with <laughs> us, um, and of course, I played the cleric because everybody else wanted to play the flashy stuff. And I was like, "Well, I'll heal." I'll and then I realized that a cleric wasn't just healing, so that was great. Then I took a bit of a hiatus in college, but after college, I met people that were in Columbus that were interested in playing TTRPGs, notably Pathfinder 1st Edition. And so about five years ago now, we all started playing Pathfinder, and I have several rotating groups of friends who now have become one large group of friends that play in several campaigns and have played Starfinder, have played 2nd Edition... I've run a lot of campaigns at this point. (laughs) I'm I'm running a decent chunk of the campaigns, but I've gotten to be a player a lot of the time, too, which I think is really valuable experience for a GM.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty consistent advice that I hear from folks, whether it's how to become a better player or how to become a better GM, know the other side. So if you want to be a better player, learn a GM a little bit and vice versa, because you start to understand what people are expecting out of those roles if you're on the other side of it so yeah you you've you sat on both sides of the screen you've played a whole bunch of systems whole bunch of different adventure paths and modules and one shots and all that cool fun stuff but there is one very central thing to our gaming group our little friend group here and that is hideous laughter productions yeah. So can you give me an introduction to what that is for some of the folks who are just joining this as their first entry point to the HLP brand? Sure, Hideous Laughter Productions started as a passion project with
1: me and a group of my friends wanting to share our gaming table experience with the world, really. And not, not really expecting the world to want to listen back. Mm-hmm. But uh, we founded ourselves with good audio quality and great role play. And that audio quality has only improved, that role play has only improved, and the story has really exploded. And it's gone from a podcast, which is the Hideous Laughter podcast, where we play Carrie and Crown in first edition, to multiple shows and uh, and multiple community <laughs> events and, mm-hmm. and a community that we've built around the network. And so we have the Hideous Laughter Podcast. That's a first edition podcast at IGM as well. It's a horror-themed adventure in Carrying Crown, and Paizo has written that adventure. But we also have The Zone of Truth, which is kind of a behind-the-screens show that you host, and and I kind of yep. co-host here with you. But we have guests on from the industry. We talk about monsters. We talk about events in our campaign. We really just have a fun time with that show. and. We also have the Evil Interlude, which is where I kind of have gotten to experience being a homebrew GM. And that's been a lot of fun because it's vastly different than running an adventure path. And, and that's kind of where I came up as a GM, was running Adventure paths, But homebrewing stuff is, to me... Uh, it's it's just really exciting and it's really exciting to homebrew inside of the constraints of an adventure path, which is what that is. It's kind of the reverse side of the coin to the carrying crown crew. We also have Link Legacy. Uh, this might be a good time to note we're official partners of Paizo. So Absolutely. <laughs> if, uh, if you weren't going to mention it, I was yeah, going that's, to. I mean, that's, that's, I could never have believed in my wildest dreams that that we would be official partners of paizo ever and you know two years into our our show and and network we were able to make that happen and because of that we have a patreon and we have a lot of people that support us for our for our first show and for our for our network but we have a show called linked legacies where we run through classic Paizo modules and we rotate the game masters and we rotate the players and it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what fo- new folks to the HLP uh, show the all, all, all of everything hideous laughter productions under that banner. If this is your first installment, see what you think. And if you like what you hear, check out some of our other stuff. It's definitely not on this feed. You've probably realized that already. It's on its own feed but you're really gonna like what you hear there. So let's let's change gears for a second here and get into the fact at hand. We are introducing a new campaign. It's called Bestow Curse. Griffin, can you give me a 30 second introduction to this project? What is it? What does it mean? Bestow Curse is our
1: take on the Curse of the Crimson Throne adventure path converted to second edition and brought to your ears. And it's kind of a culmination of the three years of podcasting that we've done at this point uh, to produce something that is really
0: high quality from the start and we're really excited to be doing it. Great, so couple questions on Curse of the Crimson Throne. First of all, I'm gonna want a very short plot summary, obviously spoiler free, but just enough to get people excited and let them know what they're getting into and then two, can you take me through a short history of this adventure path? Because it is a classic.
1: Yeah. So Curse of the Crimson Throne is an urban adventure at its core. It's in set in the city of Corvosa. And the city of Corvosa has a monarchy that is disrupted at the beginning of the adventure. And the adventure explores the civil unrest that happens with a change in power and also explores what might happen when a city is kind of flipped on its head, and heroes have to arise to protect the people of of Corvosa? And so, without spoiling a lot, it explores civil unrest, it explores uh, plague, it explores conflict between the original inhabitants of Corvosa and the colonists that have come in. It explores a lot of heavy themes.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of very relevant
1: themes. Yeah, and a lot of very relevant themes to today. And so it's going to be very interesting and very fun to explore those things through the eyes of you guys as your characters.
0: Fantastic. So let's step forward here. This Adventure Path had an original release, then it was re-released, and now we're playing it differently than either version. What's (laughs) the deal with that?
1: So it was originally released in... D&D 3.5 uh, Paizo, before they broke off onto Pathfinder were writing Dragon Magazine and that was Dungeons & Dragons content and so this was originally written to be compatible with D&D 3.5 it was one of the first, so it was the second actually adventure set in Galarian which is Pizo's world it's their setting so it was finally broken off from uh, like Eberron and, and uh, wherever else <laughs> D&D is set, and it really captivated audiences, captivated players and GMs when it was released, so much so that they re-released it with updated Pathfinder 1st Edition rules as a compendium. Now we're going to run it in 2e, which it has never been released in, Uh, Because why not? It's been released in two systems. Let's convert it to a third.
0: All right. That's shaky logic at best. So (laughs) why are we doing this? Well, we've been playing first edition for five
1: years. First edition has been around for, it was around for 10 before second edition came out. But right now... What is getting new content is second edition, and what is the new exciting system is second edition. And the support for first edition is from Paizo is no longer there. I mean, they're printing books still, but that's about it. And we really want, we really enjoy second edition. We played second edition in a couple of home games, and we wanted to play that system using one of the beloved old adventure paths because the newer adventure paths are great. But a lot of people that are playing second edition are playing those adventure paths. (laughs) And I don't want to, I don't want to step on their GM's toes and not have them listen to this because it's an adventure path that they're playing. You don't want to have that spoiled, but a adventure path that's over 10 years old now. Hey, that seems
0: like fair game. If you're going to play it, you probably played it already. Absolutely. So now we know the why. But what about the how? I mean, this was originally a 3.5 uh, release. Then it was a Pathfinder 1st Edition release. And now you're talking about it's going to be 2nd Edition. Now, Paizo didn't put that out. How are we converting this? So Paizo at this point in time has three bestiaries out
1: and a plethora of other content to help GMs like me convert, mainly finding creatures that are similar or the same and adapting creatures uh, to fit what is in the Curse of the Crimson Throne books is how the encounters are going to be adjusted and scaled appropriately to your character level. The loot is, is kind of a completely different thing because some of, the, some of the items, the important magic items, are I'm converting, I'm making them appropriate to your level and appropriate to what the, the item actually was and how it was intended. In first edition, but obviously the entire magic item system is different for second edition than it was for first edition. So I have to make some changes there, and then I have to swap out some some treasure for appropriate treasure. So it's a little bit of both there. In terms of the actual narrative, though, I think we're going to play pretty true to
0: Curse of the Crimson Throne. Hell yeah. All right, so... If you haven't picked up on it yet, I'm going to be a player on this show. So I'm not making a character straight out of the box here. You have introduced some other special fun additional rule sets for players building characters for this campaign. What are those rule sets? Yeah, I feel like that's how I've always been as a GM. I want to give you guys a lot of fun stuff to play with. So
1: I've given you the free archetype, which is just free archetype feats for your character i've given you the ancestral paragon which means you get more ancestry feats and we're doing the stat scaling a little bit differently where you'll actually in in second edition at level five you gain bonuses to multiple stats instead of doing that all at level five we're doing the system where you can stagger it out so uh with those things combined and who knows i'll probably be flexing the game mastery guide a little bit more than that too, but with those things combined, I think it's going to be really unique to listen to because it's going to be, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of optional rules in a 2E game.
0: That's true and I think what that affords us is the opportunity to create some very interesting, unique characters that aren't just okay, I rolled up a fighter and I have access to these couple feats I'm going to pick this one and It's no different than anybody else's fighter. But with all these extra rule sets, we're able to come up with something really cool and interesting on day one, which I really love. Let's switch gears for a second here. Most of our returning listeners are going to know us as the team that's putting out the uh, Hideous Laughter podcast. Yeah, Flagship show is Carrion Crown. It's a gothic horror adventure path with a very definitive tone. What tone are you looking to set for this show? Urban exploration,
1: intrigue, and emotional attachment, I think. So so people know us as the horror show. This is not another horror show. This is not another horror show. There will be moments mm-hmm. where horror comes to the forefront, but it's not an entire campaign of horror.
0: Yeah, so um, I think that kind of bleeds into my next question, though. Being in Corvosa, this is essentially a single-setting adventure. So with tone in mind, what about urban exploration and emotional attachments appeals to you in running a game. I just think through lines between the entire adventure
1: are so manufactured in adventures where you have to move from point A to B to C to D. Mm -hmm. I hope I do a good job of them in carrying crown as I run it, but realistically it's all manufactured by me. Anything that's that's a through line is really really me putting an effort to make it so in bestow curse in in Curse of the Crimson Throne, those just exist. They're, yeah. they're people that your characters interact with. They're places that your characters go that are there, that they can revisit, that they can talk to again, that they can form tight bonds with. And I think that's interesting because in a lot of adventures, you have the party and they form tight bonds with each other, but there's only maybe one or two NPCs that they care about. Here, I'm really hoping that you guys love and hate a huge variety of different voices.
0: You are known for your voices. I will say that. That is why I started (laughs) (laughs) GMing. All right. So I just have a couple more for you and we're going to call it a night. What is going to set this show apart in your mind? What are you expecting? Are we going to be different? I think high production quality from the start. I think
1: the fact that we've been so excited about this show and we know so much going into it mm-hmm. is going to be evident from day one. You're going to listen to the first three episodes when they come out, and you're going to be slavering at the mouth for the fourth one. At least that's my hope. I, I want this to be something that kind of transcends where, where we've already been. And I love the Hideous Laughter podcast. That's That's our main show. But we had to grow over years to get to where we are. And I'm excited to hit the ground running with something that is high-quality, experienced players playing a game that
0: they're all all in on. Yes. Everybody attached to this project is in it 100%. I can personally speak to that. That is absolutely true. 110% in some cases. Uh, well, Jesus. I, I got to catch up then. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, everybody's in we're all super excited we've all done our homework and we've all learned a lot in the past three years we we've had wins and we've had losses and we've learned from both of those things yeah so that's what i'm really excited about for this next step is that we're going to turn that around and just put out a freaking awesome show overall last question for you for the night what are you most excited for for this project it could be anything this is hard I'm I'm excited for a lot of things.
1: I think I'm most excited by the character moments I already have in mind for the characters that you guys are bringing to the table. And they are juicy, flavorful characters. I have some great
0: stuff in the works, and I'm really excited to share it. Absolutely. I think the excitement is mutual, all of us attached to the project. Griffin, I think that pretty much does it for tonight. If you have anything left to say... Say it now, and I'm about to wrap it up. No, I'm
1: just so excited. Thank you so much for listening to this, and I hope you continue to listen and get excited
0: for the first couple of episodes. Absolutely. So for those of you listening on the day of release of this episode, tune in Wednesday, May 26, when Griffin will be introducing our first player, Chris, and his character, Diego. Bestow Curse goes live June 4th with three full episodes and bi-weekly releases after that. See you then.